Congratulations, you made it to the X-Fill. You can relax, empty your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me, as always, is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, this is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we will hope that you join us and do that as well. We've got an exciting episode for you today, and since I know that 99% of you do not read the title of the episode and just hit play, you're going to have to wait a minute until you find out, and don't cheat. Not now, don't do it, just wait. So we're going to get our hideout keeping stuff out of the way so we can dig in. And first, as always, the absolute best way you can support us is to share this podcast with a friend. Second to that, give us a review on your platform of choice, whether it's YouTube, iTunes, wherever, five stars, comments, all of that stuff means the world to us and it really helps us out. And speaking of which, I went to check the reviews on iTunes because we were up over 100 and something happened, and I think I know what it was, but it's showing that we have 64 down from 100, but I think so many of you have gone in and commented on it that now iTunes is just tracking the five-star reviews or any review that people have gone in and commented on. So it's crazy to me that not only are you guys going out and reviewing the cast, but you're also commenting and giving really awesome responses. So thank you so much for doing that. We also have the Patreon is alive and well and kicking. We now have 11 patrons, you guys, and it's been live for like a week. So thank you so much to those of you who have chosen and have the ability to support us financially directly. That's amazing. And again, that's not a requirement. There's nothing crazy that's with that. If you're just somebody who has the ability to share it and talk about it and you tag us on Reddit or maybe you told a streamer or a content creator about the podcast and we get to talk to them now, that's amazing. So thank you. Thank you for uh, supporting us in that way as well. 600 people in Discord, you guys. The community is amazing. Gamers helping gamers. We have seen so many people grouping up. Amazing stories coming out of that. And the very last thing I have to talk about is make sure you head over to youtube.com forward slash XP Media now. We're putting out some guide videos on there and you can always catch the live version of the show over there. So if you're looking for me specifically, you can find me at MTB Trigger on Twitter and MTB Trigger on Twitch. And Mr. Ronald, how are you, sir? Let the fine folks know how you're doing and where they can find you as well, man. What's up, everybody? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, had a good long week of grinding tasks and donating uh, gear on customs. I hope uh, some of you found my stuff and threw it in a bush. That'd be very nice of you. Besides that, you can always get a hold of me in Discord. We're hanging out there all day long, interacting with all of you wonderful people. Uh, saying hi to all the new folks that are coming into Discord. So you can find me on Discord at Ronald. Just hit me with a DM, and that's the best way to get a hold of me. If you'd like to email the show with something specific, you can email the show at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. That covers everything that we do. We have uh, people emailing us every day. We check that all the time. One thing I'd like to say, especially to the Patreons, thank you. Thank you. Giving your real-life money to support us is an amazing thing that the community has kind of embraced us and that we're growing in this way. We just want to especially say thank you for that. 
So tonight on the show, we have a special guest, like Mike said. And for those of you who didn't peek at the title and didn't cheat, Mike, tell us about who we have on tonight. I suppose it's for the people that aren't watching the video too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. But yeah, anyway, man, I just, I'm proud to introduce, this is somebody that when I first started on Tarkov, I actually discovered his channel and one of his beginning intro videos for Tarkov. And uh, so yeah, welcome. Geeksay, welcome, man. Happy to have you. Uh, how are you, dude? I'm, I'm great. Uh, I'd like you to go on a little more, though. You know, it, it was <laughs> the greatest uh, yeah. content creator of all time. Uh, no, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Super happy to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was actually super last minute, and we actually made it work, which was super, super rad. I'm really happy about that. Yeah, thank you for taking time. <laughs> I don't think we can hold on to this, but are the the only other guests we have, and I think you know him. We had Dottie Hack on the show. Oh, I love Dottie, and it was like the same scenario, dude. It was like we we met, we talked, and it was like, hey, you want to do this like tomorrow? <laughs> and it was like, yep. And I'm like, there's no way this trend's ever gonna happen again. And here we are, 24 hours after we started talking. So that's amazing. It's awesome. As content creators, we don't do much, so we just can. We have so much time on our hands. It's it's easy, right? It's easy. You yeah. don't do anything. Yeah. No, just turn on a camera. You just sit in your chair and play video games all day, right? So. <laughs> my mom's basement it's really nice down here. <laughs> for those of you that are uh are catching this here it, we basically got into discord like 30 minutes ago and this is an easy man to talk to and he's canadian and we know a lot of you are from from way up north from us in minnesota but we've been consuming his content we've watched his videos i actually know we've linked some of the videos in the xfield discord as well so again Thanks for coming on, man. We're excited about it. And what we normally do at the top of a show is we usually just kind of talk about how our week was in Tarkov. And I'll just give you a preview of my two things that happened this week. And maybe this will lead you guys on what you want to talk about. But I made the absolute biggest mistake that I have made in Tarkov so far. And this week, I also had the biggest loot take in a single run in Tarkov so far. So that's my preview of what's going on. So <laughs> Ronald, what'd you do this week, man? How was your week in Tarkov? Uh, I spent another week leaving the safety of the hideout. It was kind of hard for the rat in me. It was a little little rough, but uh, I'm starting to grind tasks. So it's it's been fun. It uh, went up five levels this week. So it was a, it was a good week of donating gear and um, getting stuff. What's really funny to me is that we've kind of come up last week, we talked about budget loads and budget gear and kind of how you can use that to get through the task, get through kind of scaving as a PMC. So you just keep getting XP, that kind of stuff. And so this week, my insurance return was like constant. Therapists kept bringing me back my junk. And it, it's really funny to me too, because after a while, my gear fear is kind of gone because I really wish that there was a camera in Tarkov for the moment that the Chad comes up and finds my pile of crap. It's like, what? <laughs> what? I wasted my ammo on this. So I cost that Chad like 10K worth of bullets and all he got was a green armory helmet and, <laughs> and a burka or something. So anyways, it was a good week of grinding out tasks and um, upgrading my hideout. I spent a lot of rubles this week. I'm now firmly along my way to getting to level three everywhere. Pretty excited. I should have my Bitcoin farm pretty soon. So yeah, it was a good week. Good week. That was actually one of the funniest DMs I've ever gotten. Was middle of the day, random. I knew you were at work, which is the funniest part. And you were like, I've spent so much money on my hideout this week. And it's like 2 p.m. in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, for my coworkers that do enjoy the podcast, uh, that was over lunch. <clears throat> oh, right. 2 p.m. lunch. Right, right. <laughs> 
What about you, Geek? How was your week, man? You know, it kind of really did hit a soft point in me where the Chad comes after the little guy and I waste. I'm not a Chad, I wouldn't say. I, I'd say I'm, I'm more of a beaver. I always tell people I'm a beaver. I'm a little bit in between. You know, you waste so much ammo, especially on hatchlings nowadays. Hatchlings are everywhere right now, especially because I play Shoreline a lot. I love playing resort. I love uh, I just love resort PVP when you get into good PVP there. But I find myself like wasting like I don't use like 995 or anything like that. If I have it because I killed someone, I'll use it. But, you know, I, I'd use 855. If I use 545, I'm using something like BT ammo, but my first 60 rounder is probably BS. But, you know, there has been that Veritas video that's been going around. And what happens in the Tarkov community is one big video goes out and then everyone talks about it, right? The ammo comparison, right? Yeah, the ammo comparison. So kind of compiling some data and, and more like some clips of me using SP5 and 20 rounders with the AS Val. I want to see how good I can do with just this gun and it having a PKO6 on it. That's it. It's doing work. I have to tell you, it's doing work. So have you ever mixed ammo types in a clip? I have never done that. I've seen like I call those people psychopaths because I'm like, you spent so much time doing this. Like when when you're unloading someone's magazine to see and it's like one bullet, there's like 40, like 50 rounds in here. What's going on? And then it's like, unload unload and it's just i'm like you definitely want to wear my skin as a hat don't you i know you do you know yeah i look at that and i say like i don't i have enough reasons that i die in this game that i don't need to create another excuse right like if if like i've seen people that do the like they mix the war mage and the m995 so that they mix those high flesh damage rounds in there for the m4s and I'm like, man, I just don't want to be thinking in my mind, like, man, if, if that was an M995 bullet, he would have died. Like, I just, I, I don't think I could do it. I've seen it. It's been talked about a lot. And I'm just like, I think I would talk myself out of it really quick. I, I think the big thing for me is that I don't want to spend a lot of time in my head. Like, I want to go play the game, right? So doing, mixing that ammo would take you another, like, what, 15 minutes? I, I remember a time before presets where when you lost a gun, you'd be like, oh, my God, I have to go buy everything. And, you know, it was a huge ordeal. So at the beginning of the stream, I'd build, like, four or five guns for the stream just so I didn't have to do that whole thing over again, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I don't mix ammo in a clip. I'm just wondering because it seems like there's a level, like you say, <laughs> there's a level of uh, competitiveness where I'm sure people do that, but it just gets a little crazy to me. If if that's what they, in their head, makes them better, though, if that's like your placebo effect, all the power to you. Like, if you have time and you want to do it, give her. Well, and I think they do it to troll, right? Because like partially, I think it's to troll because if you kill someone and you pull like a 60 rounder off an M4 and you hit unload ammo, and it gets two M995s out, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to right-click unload this thing like 20 times to get all the ammo out. Maybe it's not a troll, but it cracks me up every time it happens, because I'm like, really? I don't want to right-click this thing forever to get these like M855A1s out. Or <laughs> so I, I was just going to say, like, but with the SP5, like I was saying, it, it's doing work. Like I killed some sweaty sweat lords today with 20 rounders with SP5, it's so funny because there's not even like an in-between for SP5, SP6, right? So if you guys don't know, SP5 and SP6 is for AS Valve ESS, really good ammo. But the thing is, the SP5, there's no limit on how much you can buy. So you can buy unlimited amounts. It's $160 rubles around where SP6, it, you can buy like 200 every three and a half hours and it's 620 rubles. 
And it's like, there's not even like an SP 5.5, you know what I mean? Like an in-between that's like 350, you know? So I'm like, okay, I, I want to figure this out because I hate using like 10 bullets to just kill a hatchling that's running and then be like, oh, that hatchling cost me, you know, so much money. And to be honest, I'll put out a YouTube video on it very shortly, but I, I think Veritas was definitely right that the difference between SP5 and SP6 is so minute that it really doesn't make too much of a difference. Yeah, I, I got to say one more thing about this week about how just using like junk gear to get quests done. So I, I was running MPXs and MP7s all week long and I got them all back in insurance and I just laughed every time I'd open my insurance thing. I just got everything back. MP7 you got back? Yeah, MP7 I got That's back. That's crazy. Yeah. Because I had two MP7s and I actually told Trigger earlier in the week, I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Because I had a nice build that I, I liked, but I got them all back. I got everything back in insurance. So whoever killed me, you know, was definitely using better stuff. It, it just is interesting how using insurance with gear that's very common or that people who have likely killed you don't want, you know, the odds of getting it back are so high. And so, you know, that's one thing we can get into at some point. But it was just really funny because I just imagine like that that person, like, you know, they snipe me from across on Shoreline. And I played a lot of Shoreline and a lot of customs and they get there and like, oh, what's this guy got? <laughs> it's just all junk. And they're like, what? <laughs> well, it's super common though. And that's a really interesting point that you brought up too related to this geek because it was like, for me, I, I keep saying geek. Is Do a lot of people call you geek or oh, yeah. do they say, yeah. oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Or Mr. A. You can, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 but there's, there is that real sort of feeling of like, dude, I see this guy not wearing any gear and I know what's in my mag right now. Right. And you brought up SP5, SP6, and then there's BP, which is a whole nother animal. That's like 1300 around. And it's like, it, so if you're taking BP in and you shoot, you know, if you click while you have an AS Val or a VSS on automatic, you probably lost a couple thousand rubles if you had it on automatic because those things are bullet hoses. That's got to be a really awesome like mindset change when you know that you're rocking 20 rounders with SP5. And I mean, I watched a little bit of this this morning and you were melting people, man. I was actually impressed because I usually take in SP6 and honestly, I usually take in BP if I'm rocking a fully modded valve. I love the valve and I like putting myself in the best potential chance to win. But I was sitting there watching you rock the SP5 and you were murdering people, man. Well, I was doing a comparison to like what I prefer fully modded for the AS Val and what I was rocking at that time. And to be honest, there's not much of a difference. You know, you'll use the Taz mount if you want to use some sort of grip on it. And to be honest, the grip you want to probably use is the shift grip so your ergonomics goes up on the S-Valve because it's already a laser beam, right? You don't want to worry about recoil. You want to worry about the ergo on it. And if anything, what I would worry about is having just a laser on it. So do you guys know about the AR laser? Sorry, the IR laser? Yes. I explain it, though, because I, I don't use it very often. I'm, I'm a fan of the blue laser. And I know that the IR laser was really popular a while ago, and I don't think it changed. No, it hasn't. I, I did some tests and I, I just put out a video. Sorry for keeping plugging my YouTube, but I did put out a video on it. Top 10 tips for beginners and veterans. <laughs> so get there. But, but one of the things are uh, if you guys use uh, the SL, I think it's LS321 maybe, or I forget which one. It's the cheapest like laser you can get. It's kind of like a beige, like the regular red dot. You can see it. You know, wherever you're going in a room, say you're in Shoreline and you're in resort, they're going to see you coming, right? You know, they're like, oh, I, I spot so many people with lasers. I'm like, okay, he's over here. With an IR laser, it's an infrared laser. 
So it's meant to be for night vision goggles. So you can see it in night vision. But the thing is, during daytime, you can't see it. So if you, the laser actually gives you a bonus and it makes your spread of bullets a lot tighter when you don't ADS. So if you're point firing, I know people hate it when you say hip firing for this game. But when you point fire, your spread of bullets is actually a lot tighter. So that's like the only big thing that I would put on the ASVAL itself. So even comparing my ASVAL builds, it, there's not much difference to it. Like I, even without the grip, I, I'm rocking it without a grip, just a, just a low SVD mount and a PKO6. The only thing I would change is the 20 rounders to 30 rounders, but I'd still use SP5 because 20 rounders again are 6,000 compared to the 30 rounders, which are 30,000. Yeah, so roughly, like, tell everyone, like, what does that cost for that setup? Uh, the AS Val, like, let's let's ballpark. The AS Val is at seven. Like, let's say on a hot day, it's seventy thousand. Uh, the SV, the PKO six is. I just buy stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's like fourteen thousand for the PKO six, and then another five thousand for the low SVD mount. So you're looking at about ninety thousand for the gun itself. And then if you get twenty rounders with the ammo, and the best part about the ammo, dude, is I don't even care if I lose it. Like, I don't even like. Sometimes I have it in my gamma or kappa, but like if I lose it, I lose it. It's only one hundred and sixty rubles around. So I'm not scared to use that ammo up where it's like, oh, I might conserve this, and it's like, no, no, no. I take so much ammo with me yeah that's awesome <laughs> sorry that reaction was perfect yeah yeah, yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the coolest part about the vss and val though that like you kind of skipped over like if you notice that right geek's not talking about how expensive the gun is because for a fully auto and generally suppressed like if you're buying it it's suppressed out of the gate yeah it's a very inexpensive gun because when he's saying like, I don't know, 70K for the gun, well, there's a lot of suppressors out there for AKs and M4s that are 40 to 70K just for the suppressor, let alone the things to attach them to the gun. So we just came off of talking about a ton of budget builds. And this is probably, in my opinion, one of the best budget things to talk about. Because for a gun that can take out meta geared, you know, fort wearing armored players, this gun can get it done. And what I'm hearing right now is like, I need to go try SP5 because it's one tenth the cost of the ammo that I've been using in my VSSs and ASVALs. And if I can do anything similar to what you just talked about, that means I can take that thing in and I can probably buy like three or four VSSs or ASVALs for the amount of ammo that I was probably wasting on scavs or hatchet runners, which is, that's budget. That's that's amazing. That's what I think about it. Like, that's going to be the video is like best budget gun. Like, I think you, you hit the nail on the head with that when you're talking about the SVAL. It's, it's a great budget gun because I'm not scared to just spray down an enemy. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. Precision. It's all about precision and whatnot. But sometimes you just got to spray some people down and just hope for the best. And with this gun, it's perfect. Right now, Tarkov does have an issue with global limits. So I'll be the first person to tell you it really does suck when you can only buy 12 30 round megs for the ASVAL and you know there's an hour left and they're already sold out but you can only buy 12 it's like why can't i buy my 12 and then it's out you know what i mean like it, it doesn't make sense to have a global limit plus you have a limit on it i don't get that yeah i think that's one of the things that i look at as being the most interesting in this game is that i i think there are some items that need limits but there's so many that have them. And the traders are already dynamic in that they sort of set the floor on certain items, but there's some that it just seems so unnecessary on. 
and and like the mags and then there's maybe grenades i don't maybe grenades does need a limit i don't know but the, yeah that's one that's big and then there's like some of the bags some of the bag trades why just why not let the price of those continue to rise or if they're getting bought too fast like you know i saw on the tri-zip they moved it from three es lamps to four but if it, if it continues to get bought at crazy rates why not just keep moving those trade volumes up so that the price kind of increases with the demand? I don't know. I, those limits are really interesting to me. I'm not sure why with the dynamic pricing on the traders that they're still there on so many items. I just don't know why there's global and there's personal limits. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you know, like you were talking about the tricep. That was my bread and butter. When the beginning of wipe, I'll get uh, easy lamps sell them. I'll get like, you know, they're cheap. And then I'll just buy out all the easy lamps. And then I'll just go grab a whole bunch of triceps, throw them on the flea market. I make money. But when it comes to global and personal limits, I don't get why the both of them are there for something. Like if I can only buy four, you know, one thing was like the strike six inch guide, you know, so you need that for a lot of higher end guns. You need it for a lot of, of the barrels so you can attach a grip. If I can only buy three or four of them, and there's an hour and a half left and they're all sold out. That doesn't make any sense. Like I can only buy three or four and it's already sold out. It's not doing what it's supposed to do. Make it one or two, then get rid of the global. Like just put it down on the personal level and then get rid of global. Yeah, I, I'm thinking back to when I actually accumulated everything I needed to buy a or do a trade on a thick items case because I had found a couple letics, I had found a couple defibrillators. So I was like, okay, well, I can spend this minor amount of rubles to buy the rest of what I need versus just buying the items case. I seriously was at therapist for like seven resets in a row, including the 4am one. Yes, I set an alarm. I did it. And they sell out so quick that I honestly ended up selling the LEDXs and the defibrillators and just go and spent the extra money to buy the thick items case because those global limits are so low on some of the items that I understand controlling the flow into the game and into the economy, but why not make it a personal limit of you can buy one thick items case a week or something? Like it, There's a way that, to your point, I think they could control that flow of items into the game through personal limits. The global limits are just kind of rough, I think. Yeah, it all depends upon how much the total amount that comes in. I mean, if the economy gets flooded, obviously it's going to decrease a lot of the value. I think what they're trying to do is keep the treadmill pretty long for some of those things because it just creates, you know, scarcity creates value. But I agree, it's, it is it is a little bit weird. So like as I've, I'm behind you guys in my progression. So as I've kind of unlocked more of the traders, and I'm starting to see a little bit more of this. And it's interesting, right? Because there are still some things that are out of reach for me. Just can't quite get there yet. Uh, no, the other thing I was going to say is there are still some things that are kind of out of reach. But what really is happening is like some of the gun trades are never up for me. I can never, ever do any of the gun trades. So it's kind of like, what's the point? I want some of that stuff, but I can't get it. It, it. It's tough to say. Like, I don't think there's as many bots buying stuff as people think. But there definitely is. You know what I mean? Like they can't sell out instantly. Like one of the big ones was, I think it's the, I call it the Tic Tac rig or the Tech Tech. Uh, yeah. That yep. one for the golden gun that used to sell out like within 10 minutes, you know, it would sell out for like, it was used to be like two golden guns, one golden. It was something really cheap. So it'd sell out uh, ridiculously fast, but they are, you know, I, I don't know if you guys want to talk about it later, but they are changing the flea market to 15, Yep, which is something that I... 
I've heard a lot about, and it's a lot of negative, you know, it's a lot of negative. I get why they're doing it. And I think it also sucks though at the same time. Let's shelf that for just a minute. And then, cause we'll, let's, we can dig into all that stuff. Cause we're like, we're like 30 minutes in and we haven't introduced you yet. So oh, let me, let me, I want one thing from you though. You said you learned something this week. You said you learned one thing and I don't think you said it. So I want to know what it was. <laughs> I almost got out of it. The biggest mistake that I made this week was flying through my hideout too quickly and I was needing to get my nutrition station building or or creating sugar for me. So I right clicked on chocolate. I hit filter by item. I was ready to buy the cheapest one available and I was right there. I hit purchase. I hit Y and I bought like 72 chocolates because my filters had been reset. So then I frantically went through my stash to figure out what the heck this person got from me. And I'm scrolling through and I'm clicking through bags and containers and guns and I I can't figure it out. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So fast forward to like two hours later, I'm squatted up with J-Mac and Dadcaster and we're somewhere and we're getting ready to exfil and I'm I'm right behind him and one of them's like hey I need to AFK or something really quick and I said no that's really stupid and I hit V to pull out my my melee weapon and I didn't have a melee weapon so this jerk 5 hours in the past <laughs> got a red rebel for 72 chocolates aka a 5 million ruble mistake that, that I now I mean, it like oh, it dry just to talk about it is driving me nuts because you know I'm I'm hearing all these reports of the hackers in labs that are taking stuff out of people's bags and the thing that everyone was talking about is they were taking red rebels and you know I haven't seen any videos of that I'm sure they're out there but like my heart is it just broke because I was like I have the rubles to rebuy the red rebel which I did but when I realized it hours later what I lost for forty chocolates or whatever it was like. I can create sugar forever now. That's great. But it was like, I'm serious. It was like a 5 million ruble mistake. So yeah, I learned a pretty good lesson this week. I I need you to know that you're not the only one. Like I've heard this story because right when you said I couldn't find out what they did, I was like, I know it's a red rebel and that sucks (laughs) because that's all everyone wants. Sometimes I, I, I do a lot of giveaways and stuff. So I always sometimes take the filter off for trading. And if you're not trading anything, always make sure that thing's on because all the trades are always like always something like that. Like someone I know lost uh, the Red Rebel for one D fuel. You know what I mean? All it is, all the trades are, are slip up mistakes. Someone else is going to, you know, it's always like, I'll give you two chocolate bars for this sick M4. You know what I mean? Like, I want I want the sick M4 or like, you know what I mean? It's always something stupid, like three nail or not even nails, but you know what I mean? Like one bolt for an M4 or something. It's always something dumb and it's always something that's like really fast for some reason. Like, you know, it just you click it right away with the Y and it it just goes. It's I, I hate the trading. It's always greasy, greasy trades. Well, and it's like, I mean, I'm just like, I don't care if I'm paying 15K for chocolate or 20K for chocolate. And it's usually in that range. So I'm just ready to buy it. And I'm ready to buy it twice. And I'm ready to buy. How much was each of those chocolates? Like, did you do the math and figure out how much each of those chocolates cost you? (laughs) Yeah. As you're sitting here talking about analytics before the show, I knew you. (laughs) I'm going to hold on. Hold on. 
Hold, let me, uh, hold uh, my calculator. Uh, how many was it? How many was it? 72? I think it yeah, I think it was. So that was 70,000 per chocolate. <laughs> Just say. So if that was sugar, it would have been kind of decent because sugar is going for about like 55 to 70 usually. But, you know, two of those makes only one sugar. So you, you, you lost about <laughs> 2.5 mil, you know, in the, in the end. It wasn't too bad. You know, it could have been worse, buds. It could have been worse. Could have been a D-fuel. You know, it could have been one D-fuel. Oh, man. Or a splint. <laughs> now, the interesting thing, though, is after it happened, right, I had the biggest take that I've ever had, though. So, like, Tarkov, it made it up to me. Like, it came back. It's my friend. I'm in resort, West Wing. I'm playing with Dadcaster. And he goes down and he's like, I just got murdered from, I think, the tennis courts. He was on the second story of the middle of West Wing. I'm like, where were they? And he's like, they're out in the tennis courts. And he's like, they have to be thermaling or something. And he just gives me really good comms on where they're at. So I cross the hall. I look out. I spot two guys running around in that like little courtyard area on the north side of resort on Shoreline. And I take out one, take out the second one. And I said, how many were there? He's like, it had to be three. The angles were crazy. So I get this third guy and then I clear everything else out and I go loot him. And they had thermals, they had great gear, and I, I took everything I could off of them. And I had dad's gun, which was a, you know, crazy M1A kitted through the roof. And I get out and I post the screenshot in the show loot section on the Discord. And I just put it up. I was like, I had like a million take just now in resort. It was an awesome run. And then I click back into my inventory onto the, I think it was a, I don't know if it's a fast MT or a, what's the other one called? I, we call, I call them a chat helmet, but it was one of the chat helmets and it had a T7 thermal on it, which are like 4 million right now. So it's the yeah. first time I've ever seen it in game. And so I lost a bunch, but then I had this raid happen and that thing's sitting in my inventory. <laughs> I'm like, do I use it? Because I've seen the videos on it and they look crazy, but it's 4 million rubles, man. <laughs> You've got gear fear over uh, a new level there. <laughs> 100% gear fear over the T7. You you need a like a five man for that T7. Like that's the only way I'd use the T7 is like a five man. The chances of all of us being wiped is pretty slim. I can use my T7. But if it's just me and a buddy, like I'll just go look at it. Well, I'll look at it before I get in raid. I'll just check it out, make sure it's still there. It's still shiny. I shined <laughs> it up earlier. It's looking good. And then I'm going to go into raid. Yeah, it hasn't moved. It's been in the same spot in my inventory the whole time. I'm like, maybe, maybe you. I spend a lot of time helping people get through the gear fear in different phases of the game. And I've said it at every phase of the game, you know, you get through the early game, then you're going to get gear fear in the intermediate and then in the mid game and then into the end game. There's always that stuff that you don't want to use or you don't want to take into raids. And I'm so guilty of that on that thermal. Like I'm like, that's going to go in the bottom corner of my inventory. And I kind of want to forget about it for a rainy day, but I kind of don't want to sell it either. So it's a very interesting item for me. It's understandable. It's a four million ruble piece of equipment. There's nothing in the game that's other than that. You know what I mean? Like you should have gear fear for that thing. It is expensive. You know, like don't worry about right, having you gear can't fear with gamma, that. right? <laughs> you no, can't gamma. No, no, they they took that away. They used to do some. Oh, there used to be some greasy things. You know, you could you used to be able to put an MP7 in your gamma with a thermal in there, so it's still two slots, and then you used to be able to take it out, just scan for people, then put it back in your gamma. You know what I mean? There was like. It was a legit strategy. A lot of people used it and they destroyed people with it. It's interesting. They tend to want to take away some of those things to keep the game kind of more challenging. You mentioned before about the flea market going from level five to 15. For me, 
I got to level five because I'm I'm an MMO player at heart, right? So I came from the WoW, you know, and, and a bunch of MMOs. And so I started playing this and I got to level five and I'm like, ooh, there's an auction house. I'm going to make money. <laughs> so I was level five and I had like 14 million rubles. <laughs> and so I learned how to make money, but it I think it's a good thing because that's not the way Tarkov was meant to be played. And now I have like 2 million rubles, but I'm actually playing the game. Uh, Dadcaster and Mike have shamed me into actually playing the game the right way. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a daytime trader, we call them. You know what I mean? Like if you want to do that, like because I have friends, that's what they enjoy about Tarkov. They enjoy like it's like a stock market for them. You know, they're like, oh, this is this is really low right now. I know what this can go for. And if if they do want to play the game like that, that's awesome. But they Definitely jump in the game, dude. You know what I mean? Like the like the excitement that, you know, MT just said about going and getting that T7 and taking down a three man. There's nothing better unless you're like, I got a, a red rebel for 72 chocolate bars. man. <laughs> Look at it. Like, I guess that's a pretty good feeling. But like, you know, there's nothing better. Show's than- over. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Chocolate Man over here in the corner. <laughs> He just shows up, has chocolate over his lips all those all the whole podcast. I just I still like I'm just waiting till I run out of chocolate so that I can feel better. But I've been creating sugar on cooldown for the last like six days. And I'm just like, please just run out of chocolate. Yeah, I played Shoreline so much. I probably played Shoreline for not exaggerating, maybe close to a hundred hours and never once went in a resort. Yeah, I can see that. I, I just that. hit hit all the caches and the caches are so good, right? The caches yep. are amazing. And I barely know a lot on Shoreline, but I know there's tons. So anyways, it's it, it's good stuff. I love how dynamic the game is, and that's kind of my whole point. And I think it's pretty clear here that I don't think it matters what sort of topic we go into. We're going to be able to have some fun conversation because Geek's already throwing my Red Rebel back in my face. Thanks, man. Um, Chocolate man's talking. Everyone shut up. The next podcast, I just come to- <laughs> No, I'm not going to do that. Never. I want to take a time now that we're well into the show here, and and I really want to give people uh, a chance to get to know you better, because I think a lot of people may have seen your videos, or maybe they don't remember seeing them, or who knows what, and, and you may be a new voice to them, you may not be, but for the people that haven't been introduced to you or haven't seen your YouTube channel, I kind of was just wanted to ask you a couple personal questions, and, and really I want to know about you know how you got into creating content, and maybe what the path was into creating um, YouTube videos for Tarkov because mm-hmm. you know I'll say it I'm a fan it's pretty cool to have you on the show and I remember watching a bunch of your stuff back in December when I first got the game so I, I just wanted to get a little background on you and and kind of how you got into it man so uh by trade I'm uh you know first let me say thank you like that's really you know it doesn't matter how many times I hear that stuff I, I always am like really you know what I mean like that's why you you watch it you really watch my stuff like thank you so I I started doing, let's go back, and uh, I'm a Red Seal chef by trade, so what that is, it's a ticketed chef, you know, so I've been in the culinary arts, or, you know, just, I've been in a kitchen my whole life. I started as a dishwasher, and I worked up to a head chef, and then eventually, you know, it's tough making money, it's tough having a life, it's tough doing any of these stuff with that kind of job, so then I went into sales, and with sales, I did... I did really well with sales. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I work for a Fortune 500 company. Uh, I really can build relationships really fast because I'm honest. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm going to be honest with the customer. I'm going to be honest with you. I just build relationships really fast because I'm, I'm, I'm that Canadian friendly guy. You know what I mean? You, 
you know, you're having a shitty day at work and I pop in once a week and I'm like, you know, I, I'll try to brighten your day and just have fun. And then I uh, quit that because I was miserable, even though I was making more money than I'll ever make, I think ever. I was lost. You know, I was, I was like, what am I going to do? You know, and uh, I wanted to do support work for children with disabilities, but I have like zero any experience on it. So I started trying to get into that, but I had about I had a three month time where I wanted to just take it for me because I've never done that. And I had a nest egg built. And one thing that happened was back in the day when I went by another name on the Internet, which I'll never give out because I'm sure I'm on forum posts from back in the day. But I used to be on a in a clan, like a, a really smaller clan with like maybe 20 people. But we were really close. And I I moved to this place called Kamloops, British Columbia. You know, I was born and raised out east. I went out west and I'm now third year in here and I play hockey still here, you know, so I still see people, I'm meeting people, but most of the time I'm a loner. I'm by myself. I had my girlfriend that I was with at the time, but she'd go to, uh, she was a bartender, so she'd work at night. And I was kind of just like bored. And I remembered about those clan things. I remembered Twitch TV, uh, or I, I remember that there's something called Twitch TV. So I actually started streaming just because I was lonely and I wanted to make friends like I did in the clan. And I actually started on the laptop. I have it right here. So I used uh, the built-in microphone on the laptop, the built-in camera on the laptop, and I started streaming Hearthstone because I, I loved Hearthstone and it could stream on the laptop. Did that for a while. I started kind of growing an audience a little bit here and there. There was no such thing as affiliate ship at this time. So I'd get like donations and, you know, I'd get, uh, I became friends with a person named Wow Hobbs who is a really good friend of mine and you play wow so do you do you know wow hobs yeah yes yeah so he he's a bigger name in the industry and i became friends with him because i just kept annoying him and telling him hey uh, this month i did really well i just kept emailing him because you know he didn't really message me back but i talked to him and i just wanted to let him know how he's doing and i didn't know I, again i was just trying to make friends and uh you know, eventually he's like, OK, he's taking this seriously. He's messaging me with his goals every month. And he started talking to me more and more. He was such a nice guy. And uh, he'd raid me every once in a while. And, and it was funny because when a lot of people would follow me, my computer would crash because it was a laptop. So everyone loved it. And then they found out if you donate, my computer crashes. So it was even funnier to them when they donate like five bucks. And it's, everyone's like, ah, you're, you're, you know, you're 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 just lagging hard. But I started with a laptop. I started with uh, I started in the living room. So I, oh, I I never told my girlfriend at the time what I was doing. She'd go to work and then I'd like prep it all. I had a really small table in the living room. And I had one of those small beach chairs from Costco that would sneak under it. So I I'd do that. And I would just play Hearthstone. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. Eventually, I, I, I switched from Hearthstone after two years because I, was, I just didn't like the game anymore. I started trying to do YouTube content because wow, I was, I was like, YouTube, 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 YouTube. And I was like, I put out a video that takes me like eight, nine hours and I get like 20 views. You know what, Wow Hobbs? It's Twitch, 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 Twitch to me. And uh, he was right in the end. Like He was so right in the end. So, I mean, obviously that was like a sort of discovery process of like your Twitch, Twitch, Twitch and someone saying YouTube, YouTube. And obviously when you start any channel of any kind, there's the, there's a growth period and there's that challenging time. So like, what was the breakthrough for you on YouTube where you're like, oh, <laughs> this is it? 
So I started Hearthstone uh, for two years and I just I, I got bored with it. And to be honest, I always make a comparison to Hearthstone to Tarkov. It, it actually makes sense, right? With Hearthstone, every four months, there's a peak and valley. So a new set comes out and then people get bored and then it goes down and then a new set comes out. And it's the same thing with Tarkov in the end, right? It's, you know, the new patch comes out, it kind of fizzles out and then it comes back up again because the new patch comes out. I was playing Warframe for a little bit too because I love loot. I love looting games. I love like Borderlands. Um Division I played for a bit. I love that. Uh Warframe which I called Frimfram at the time. I, I played that for a little while but then I got bored of it and then I remembered I had Tarkov and I remembered it was like I played it probably 6 months before that and I was like how everyone was. You know what I mean? I I'm just keep dying like I spawn on interchange. Where's that shot coming from? Okay, I'm done with this game for like I every once in a while I I throw it on uh, because someone in my chat that was I was friends with I knew played it and I'd be like let's go play it and then like 30 minutes later I'm like I'm going to go play Frim Fram again man it, it's way I can do stuff in there. So in January I, I really started taking it seriously about December October I started taking Tarkov seriously I really started trying to learn it. I realized on YouTube I was trying to do gunsmith tasks and there was a lot of good ones but I thought like how would I want to lay it out? And I was like, okay, I would, I would lay it out like this. So I was like, okay, well, I'll try to do one how I would lay it out. And it had more views than I've ever gotten on any video. And I was like, ooh, three subs today. Ooh. And I was like, I was dancing and I was like, so, and then a week goes by and I, I do another one and, and people are starting to like them. And then I kind of made a breakthrough with people are searching for stuff on Escape from Tarkov, especially tutorials on missions and everything, because they don't tell you what to do. No one tells you what really to do in this game. So it's actually a perfect game for people to go into YouTube to search for stuff because they don't know how to do it either. So I just try to think about how I'd want stuff laid out and how I want stuff laid out is like I'm a five year old almost. I want the picture. I want to know where it comes from. Like it, it's Peacekeeper level two. And here's the picture of it. OK, perfect. Next. And then I would just lay them out like that. And then eventually I started doing other tutorials. And then my big break, honestly, like I was doing really well for the past uh, since last January. So I, last January I had about 500 subs and uh, today now I have uh, just over 40,000 and it's been growing because of all the tutorials I have and everything. But the one big breakthrough tutorial was the beginner guide. That thing just it blew up after point 12 came out. It just blew up. That's what the one I found, man. I, I literally Googled Tarkov beginning or starting Tarkov or whatever. And that was in the top like two or three videos. And I watched all three of them. And I remember watching that one from you. And then I was just like, oh, what's this one that he has? Oh, what's this one? that he? I mean, I just I went through so many. I still remember it because you have a very distinct YouTube intro. You know, I don't know how many seconds it is, but I'll never forget it. That's really cool that it's that video because that's actually the one that I saw. That one uh, just surpassed a million views. So that's it awesome, was like dude. it was insane. It's it's insane. And it's 40 minutes long. You know what I mean? Like that video 40 minute video took me 40 hours <laughs> like it, it, like these videos it's not like you know it's not like i just I, i'm just like bing bang boom they're done you know like the video i put out yesterday it, it's a lot of prep work you know i put one out i'm starting tarkov for dummies where i just focus on one section of the map i show you so i did west wing i show you what's in west wing like what's behind every door where all the lootable items are everything and it's a lot of prep work. It's like about an hour and a half, two hours of me just writing stuff down in my serial killer handwriting and being like, okay, here's this, 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 this is on this floor. How many of these containers are on this floor? 
and then I'm going through it, recording the video, doing audio. It takes me about like, honestly, that video took me 12 hours. It was maybe 20 minutes long, uh, which was nice, but it was pretty, I, I did it pretty fast. I'm getting faster somewhat at videos, but it's still like, takes a long time to do those types of videos. Yeah, for sure. We're, uh, un- we're kind of experiencing that ourselves. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Well, it, it's interesting when, when you talk to other content creators and they're like, how long does it take you to do your videos? You know, like the, the big, big guys I talk to and I'm like, oh, it takes me about like, you know, I'd say like anywhere from average, like six to 10 hours. There's a couple of guys that are big and they're like, okay, we got to cut that down to two. And I was like, no, <laughs> I can't. Like they're like, I, d- I don't know how to do that. And I feel like that's not my style. My style is very, even though you might look at it and be like, this is garbage. I do try to produce it quite a bit, you know, so it is really interesting. Well, it is. And we, we've experienced the same thing, right? Because we cut the audio up and we cut video up. And there, there's a point where I, I just think it's really important. And I love that you're saying that because the quality does shine through. And that's what I want to say at the beginning of what I'm about to say. Because for us, we have that kind of same sort of feeling about the audio for us. We've always want the audio being a podcast. We want the audio to sound good. And it's like someone who's found the show or found the videos or whatever. They're like, just put it out. Like, we like you already, just put it out. But I think with Tarkov especially, this game is so hard for new people. You know, the way that we think about it is like, we don't want our audio taking away from someone's ability to learn something and get better. And I kind of see that same thing in your videos where it's like, you want it to be as clean as it can be so that someone can consume it. And I guess The question I have is based on an assumption that I got from watching it, but you seem to have a real mindset for new players, even in your more advanced videos. And so is that an intentional thing you do? in your Tarkov series? I, I think it's it's just how my brain works with everything. Like I I'm I'm not the brightest person. Like 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 I'm I'm that typical Canadian, oh yeah, play hockey and just have a couple of tough guy sodas and we'll go at it. So I I'm very simplistic in the way I think. I'm very simplistic. Like if you explain something to me in World of Warcraft, I want you to explain it to me like I'm a five year old. You know, that's the best way to say it. So when I'm making stuff, I want to break it down the easiest way possible. And you know what, if the more veteran players want just the information like like now, 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 that's not who I am. And they can go watch someone else. You know, I'm here to break it down so that everyone can enjoy it. And the main reason is because I quit the game. So my whole YouTube is I don't want you to quit the game. I quit it once. I played it for like maybe three weeks. I quit it because I just, you know, not to say there wasn't other creators out there. I just nothing caught for me nothing spoke to me and now that you know i play the game and it's it's my main game i love this thing i love this game so much that i want people to stay with this game so i want to bring you guys the easiest to digest the most easy to understand videos so that you stay with the game i believe once you get a little bit invested and once you just like once you just see yourself learning a little bit and seeing yourself get like oh man i just killed my first pmc to like oh i just killed 10 pmcs and i got oh look at this gun like like the best part about Tarkov is I can die from a level five. You know what I mean? It, sometimes there's lucky shots. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, as good as I am at a map, you, you never know who's looking around with a Mosin. And you know what? If, if a level six kills me with a Mosin, that's unreal. Like, good for them. Yeah. Or uh, you kill a, a level 21 and go up and he's wearing an army helmet and an MBSS. And you're like, I just wasted bullets. <laughs> Well, it's funny because with the SP6 or SP5 today, me and my buddy Crazen, we were against a five man in the corner of 
reserve. They were in one of the corners by the sniper towers. And then an, there was another two guys there too. So we snuck there. We saw them. We had map knowledge. We knew what to do. I had a little bit of a higher ground by the tower and I killed three buttered out boys with SP520 rounders. They had amazing, amazing stuff. And it's because I had map knowledge, right? Like, it, it, And that's one of the things I get a lot of. Like, how do I make money? What's the best stuff? You don't need that. You need map knowledge and you'll be fine. Map knowledge is key. Map knowledge is, is king in this game. One thing I'm sitting here thinking about, because I love what you do. Like Mike talked about being a fanboy of your stuff, but I'm also a huge fanboy <laughs> of your stuff. Thank you, buds. So it's it's awesome. And what I'm curious about is as you kind of connected with the people who are searching for that knowledge, you know, trying to do the same thing, like keep people playing the game. How did your community kind of react? How did it grow? How's the journey been as you've kind of built yeah. that community? So point 12 really built the community. And I, and I already had like, you know, it's it's funny when when I was playing Hearthstone, you know, everyone's like geeks. You know, you know, if you ever switch games, it doesn't matter what you play, dude, we're going to come with you. Ninety nine percent weren't there because there's no like it, going from a card game to a first person shooter is such polar opposites that I totally get it. You know, some people did stick around. Some people just like watching and hanging out. But I, I had to regrow the community a lot. And as I was growing the community, it was it was people that were either watching my tutorials or just came in and, and understood how I am. And now. The community I have is so strong with questions. It's amazing. Like, that's the number one thing I love is like, I try to keep up with chat as much as possible. I, I die so many times in raid because I'd rather look at chat and talk to them than play the game a lot of the time because I'm having more fun. And any question in there, you know, if I don't answer it right away, someone else is on it. So my community is all about like everyone's there because they're they're you know, they learned and they got a lot better and now they're still there hanging out and they want to teach too and help everyone out because they love the game. That's kind of how my community is right now. And, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't need much modding. I do have a lot of like a good chunk of mods, but like they don't have to do a lot, a lot of times for like trolls and stuff. They do help me out on the back end though. A lot of times. One of the things, I mean, I'm a personal fan of the 8-bit fireplace. I think that's awesome. Yes, thank you. I have a lot of skits. I do a lot of like multimedia stuff. I, I'm very, very weird like that for sure. Well, you know what? We're all fellow nerds, right? So the 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 bit fireplace with the snow being in Minnesota, which is almost Canada. If you ask some people, it is Canada. Yeah. I, I just love it, man. So I, I was just curious about that because we're kind of experiencing something similar, you know, on a smaller scale because we're mm -hmm. only, you know, a couple months in. But it just seems like this game is full of people who like to help each other. And I, I think that's, I think the game itself is punishing enough that you kind of have to develop that kind of a culture around it, but it's been fun. It's not like the same, I'll say classic FPS crowd, which is something that I personally was not interested in getting into again. <laughs> and I say again, because I've been into it a few times, like all the rest of us. So yeah, it's cool. I think, you know, just to quickly wrap up this in a bow, I think the game is a smaller game, even though we went through a big, big uptick there with how it blew up recently. I think the community is still smaller and they love the game like I do. They love the game like you guys do. And all they want is more people to come play because, you know, I know you guys weren't around, but like at the end of like 11.7, 11.5 and there's like 
no one playing the game it's really it was really depressing man it was like it was really sad i don't care how many viewers are on twitch you trying to like oh there's one other person maybe on this map i haven't seen anyone in a while like we know what what this game entails and it's an amazing game and we're so happy that so many other people have seen what this game is about and it's getting the recognition it deserves and we just want to keep those people right we just want to be like yeah stick around come on come on it's your new drug yeah i mean that's the thing is there's so many experienced players, but there's so many new players right now. And, you know, one of the things I love is hearing about sort of the history of the game, because there's just not, that's not out there. It's hard to go find that. You know, a lot of times videos will get updated or taken down when they're too far out of date. And you can go back and watch some old videos of factory and old models and all that kind of stuff. But it's really cool to hear that, you know, the people that have been around the game and stuck with it are now seeing people come in that seem to be of like mind and they're enjoying the game you know so that's really cool and I, I, I just sorry just to let you know i don't want to say i'm an og by any means i've only been playing yeah. this since last january so i I, do, I definitely know what you're saying sorry go on i don't want to come off like i'm like i've been here forever like no no no, i haven't been here forever at all no but that I, i've experienced that in a bunch of other games right things will happen that bring people in i can hear your passion for the game which is what i was trying to pull out and and i love that whether you're new a year ago, new two years ago, new last month, you just bought the game a few days ago. We hear that stuff all the time. And it's just cool that how quickly people get the feel and the emotion and the gear fear <laughs> when they start playing this game. It turns into things that are meta or funny or its own sort of language. And so <laughs> one of the things you said just a few minutes ago that I, I want to know some of these like acronyms that you brought up because you said buttered boy and yeah, I haven't yeah. heard that one before. So like, is that, is that like a juiced PFC or Yeah. Yeah. So like boy? at the channel, I have like a butter emote, like we call them butter boys, you know, like they're buttered out. It's just like a lot of like insider. <laughs> and that's, what's good about the Twitch community is, you know, yeah. you come in and there's all these, you know, little emotes or people talking about something and then it's an inside joke and people are like, what does this mean? And you're like, oh, butter is like, that's a butter boy. We call him instead of juice because everyone uses juice. We use butter. And yeah. then they become part of the inside joke. You know what I mean? And that's what's that's what's amazing about, you know, finding a community and, and like really being friends with these internet people. There's a lot of people on the internet that I'm better friends with than in real life. Like I'm, I talk to these guys every day. And, you know, we know a lot about it lives and stuff where it comes to IRL. I'm like, uh, guys, I can't go out. I'm busy. I'm working. You know what I mean? But in reality, I'm talking to these people. You know, it's just they don't come into my realm. That's all, you know, <laughs> it's that it, again, though, it's just like that little it, it, it just goes into what I love about the game, because even in like the little pockets of people I play with or I'll go, you know, jump around in the discord channel when a bunch of people are playing. Right. Like I look up right now and there's like five or six squads in the in the discord going right now and you go in and you hear different people talk about different things or laugh about it and it's like there's so much potential for content and community in this game that it's cool to see and and it get a little insight into some that's going on so <laughs> thanks no, for explaining for sure. the no buttery worries, delight that is a juiced <laughs> Yeah, we're totally um, gonna use that now. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a show title. There Five dollars subs. There's the butter. You can have the butter. You most Five dollars. <laughs> on a more strategic note, you mentioned something that um, we had briefly touched on yeah. uh, before the show, before we started getting in, and you talked about map knowledge is is king. And mm -hmm. one of the things on on the last episode or the one prior 
we talked a lot about spotting. We talked about spotting as a skill to really work on. And we actually, for those that were really struggling with seeing other players, we talked about, you know, here's some other games you could even play that have faster action, but you rely heavily on spotting because we think that's a really important skill. Mm-hmm. Now, map knowledge is is obviously critical, uh, but you've said it a number of times to me in a way that makes me think it might be the most important thing in your eyes. Is is that true? Is there other skills that you think people should really look to develop as they're trying to get better at this game? I think there's there's multiple skills to from knowing equipment and levels to knowing what kind of ammo you should be using if you're trying to penetrate something. But the end-all be-all thing, when people say, do you have any tips for me? I just bought the game. Uh, there's two things I tell people. One, have fun and just know you're going to repeatedly die over and over and over again and just have fun doing that. Like, just try to find some fun in that because this game, I, I don't think there's many games that you can play that translate to this game. Like, you can play COD and you can be good at first-person shooters, yeah, but this is a whole different beast. You know what I mean? It's like golf. Like, you can you can play hockey and baseball and it kind of transfers over, but nothing really... You can't transfer skills into golf, really. It's just like such a weird sport, right? And the same thing goes, I think, with with Tarkov. It's a game that you really have to just like, it's like you have to study this game. Like, it's really sad to say, but you do have to like start researching stuff, start learning stuff. Uh, It's a lot to take in all at once. But I think map knowledge is one of the things that I tell people like go offline. What I did when I first started was I, I forced myself like, I didn't have two monitors at this time, so I made my girlfriend print out at her work like big pieces of the maps. Like I would just get every map printed out and I'd be like, okay, I want to go here on the map. And I didn't know where I was going, but I'm going to look for landmarks. Like if I was lost in the woods or something, I'm going to find my way there. And you just do that repeatedly. And then you just go into real raids and you start learning. You go into um, player scavs, you start doing those and you're like, oh, I know this area. It's over here, you know, do to do. And you start noticing that you're becoming more fluid with the map. You know what you're doing. And the best place that I can say this really does take effect or you'll notice it is somewhere like resort. When you're on resort and you're facing some people and you know they're like somewhere here, it's like, okay, that room doesn't have an exit. So he's trapped or that room does have an exit. So he might jump off the balcony. So you stay here. I'm going to go down and cover the front side if Casey jumps. It's just stuff like that when you're playing with experienced players that you might be in trouble because they know the map a little better than you or you might think oh i'm gonna jump down they're like i'm already prepared for you to do that or if you're on the roof you're like i know i can survive this jump and i know like what most people do is they'll come through the front of shoreline and say you're on the roof and you'll hear them run and then once they hit the front to shoreline to get into resort they creep walk so you just you know, you morphine up, you jump down and you know they're right there because they're trying to creep walk so that no one hears them. But they were running two minutes ago and they're they're screwed now because they didn't know that you're coming for them. So I think map knowledge is is more important than what armor you're wearing, what gun you're using, because I always tell people it doesn't matter what gun you use. If you put it in the right pe- person's hand, they're going to like give it to Pesley, give it to Anton. They'll destroy you with it, probably. I, and I agree with that, right? It's it's funny how like it, conversation always goes back to guns and, and and ammo and all of that. But I really like this focus on the maps because 
it can be used as a weapon to your point. Like if you know how someone may act, or maybe a better way to say it is you know the scenarios that they could do. And if you're playing with a squad, you can cover all of them or most of them are the most likely. You can weaponize that. You know what I mean? You can use that against them. You know, if you know they can jump off the balcony and you're by yourself and you can cover the inside, we'll throw a grenade outside. Make them not want to go there. Or you can use it to your advantage. But we spent good chunk of our last episode Uh, Ronald actually went through his runs that specifically avoid the resorts, right? For (laughs) for people that are newer and they don't want to get into that PvP. Exactly. And just ways to get in and around that map because he... He's been using that very effectively to make the transition from uh, scaving, and he again he's he's been leveling a lot, but he's this is his sort of breakthrough. If I can pack that, you know, thirty minute conversation down to two seconds, is the breakthrough of scaving more as a PMC, basically. So, can we talk a little bit about Shoreline because it, it we keep talking about it in this episode? It's fresh for us, and I'd really like to talk about the resort. What about that part of the map is critical to know or Are there things that you focus on when trying to learn an area to gain that extra knowledge? So, you know, just to to touch on Ron here, I did, again, I'm not trying to pimp out videos, but I did put out a video recently, a little while ago, about cheap keys for resort. And what I was trying to do, what I tell people right away is learn customs, because I'm sorry to say, but unfortunately, it's where your first tasks are. And tasks are so important, just like map knowledge, you should be getting tasks done, unfortunately. And a lot of times you're screwed because they're on customs and there's a bunch of butter boys there and you have to be careful. And it's it's funneled, right? Everyone's like, what's the next map I should learn? And I always tell them Shoreline. I think Shoreline, it's a great map. There is a lot of like, there's people that just run for resort and there's a lot of hatcheters. So like you pretty much have the outskirts. So I always tell them, learn the outskirts. Of course, you know, there's a lot of caches like you do, Ron. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of areas you can go to that aren't heavily populated. But I put out another video. Uh, I called it like cheap keys for Shoreline because what I recommended people doing was I said go learn all around Shoreline, go do the runs there, and then what you do is like the last like 25 minutes, force yourself unless you have like unbelievable loot force yourself to go into resort because everyone's probably gone and there might be some player scavs or a couple of scavs just wandering around. Use these cheaper keys because no one really uses them because they're just like they're, you know, it's mediocre loot. It's not amazing, but to you, you could pick up easily $200,000 worth of keys and easily make something like at least 50 to 75,000 or a good run, maybe even a hundred thousand. What I like about the PvP there is if you like the resort or the the uh, customs, you know, what, what's uh, the three story customs? So if you like mm-hmm. that type of battle, the long hallways and the, the intricate close quarter, that's what I like about Shore, or Shoreline Resort. One of the things I want to say is like we wouldn't be talking today if it weren't for your videos. So like, don't please don't apologize for your videos, man. Like, I would love your videos, man. And I, I recommend them to anybody. I, the fact that you've made videos on some of these subjects is so cool. So like, if you've made something that's like directly really, please tell us about it. That's why we wanted to have you on here. And we also found you and are talking to each other and got to meet you in the last day because of that. So th- there's no apology necessary here. We We actually give a whole section at the end of the show when we have a guest on to plug anything and everything. So please, if something's related, put it in there. So I didn't mean to cut you off on the shoreline stuff because I'm a PvP junkie. Um, I am the FPS guy that has played all the games that uh, Ronald and I kind of butt heads on, on those games a little bit. But I'm, I'm super excited to hear about this uh, PvP inside the resort. 
Ronald, how how are you finding it though? How are you finding resort? You, you're touching in there. How, how, what do you think of it? Like as a newer player, I want to know your opinion really fast too. Like not really fast, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So so yeah. So I used to avoid resort. I used to make a joke, maybe like you know the long time of five episodes ago. I think I made a joke about how if I were to make a map of shoreline, I would put a big black box over this <laughs> this this void area. Like I'm not sure what's beyond this fence. No, no one, no one goes past it. The truth is because like Mike's a 2,000 plus hour PUBG player, so PvP to him is new and fresh. I was an old school FPS player back in the day, but that was a long time ago, and so I I haven't really been into FPSs for a long time. And this game caught me because of all the just everything. Right, we've gone over that. I learned all of the outside, like you said. I learned all of the outskirts of shore of shoreline broke it down into four quadrants, had things I could do no matter where I spawned. I was at the point where I could exfil with routinely probably seven out of 10 times with maybe 400K. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I didn't feel the need to go into resort. So then came the first quest, Signals Part 2, I think. Get the quest. And I, I, I hit up Trigger one night and I'm like, dude, I got to go to this this very <laughs> scary land. And so he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So we go in there and um, got my first kind of, you know, introduction to it. Now, the thing is, I'm not personally great at close quarters combat, like dorms on customs. I'm not comfortable doing it. So what I've been doing is doing scav runs into resort to learn it. You know, I die probably like seven out of 10 times, but I really am more focusing on knowing where the hallways go, where the rooms are, where the like the cover is, where you typically, you know, can get out or around things. So that's kind of how I've been trying to learn it. I know there's all kinds of high value loot spawns there. I have no idea where any of them are. I think resort's a pretty tall hill to climb, figuratively <laughs> and literally speaking, when it comes to learning and being very good at it. Like, for example, the callouts, the comms, those kind of things and squads going into resort. There's a pretty steep learning curve there. But as a new player, like I've said a lot on the show with everything at Tarkov, I'm not afraid of it. I want to learn how to do it. It just became like, okay, so if I can play for an hour a day, yeah, how much am I going to beat my head on that versus level my hideout so I can get my Bitcoin empire going? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I come from a total background like you. I, I don't play FPSs either. Like I played PUBG on the computer, but my FPSs come from Xbox. I was an Xbox fanboy. I, I love, love Halo. Oh, Halo... Halo 3, Halo 2, Halo Reach. Oh, baby, those are my jams. But like uh, one thing that I do have is I actually have a foot pedal. So I have a foot pedal to lean. Q&E is mapped to like a foot pedal because I'm so like Q&E is just so foreign to me to lean with it. It's just so I I get where that you're coming from, like, you know, coming to a FPS. And luckily enough, I'm able to play it a lot more than an hour a day. Right. So I, I did get to know Resort and to deep dive in why I love Resort is a lot of people don't like the sound, right? Like, like you'll hear that a lot. Oh, the sound sucks. The sound sucks. But like if you play something enough, I kind of know what the sound means. So, you know, especially like that's bushes. Okay. I know that they're this way of bushes. Okay. I'm just going to peek out of this window. I know they're probably right here and I can kill them. It's like when you're, when you play a Call of Duty map or something that you love and it's your favorite, you know, that feeling of like, I know this map, you know what I mean? Like I can play this map all the time because I know everything about it. That's the feeling resort gives me. I just, and the high value loot, you know what I mean? Like when you do find high value loot, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Right. And so one thing about the sound, like for me personally, so I learned the sound in a very simple place that has helped me in resort, and that's on shoreline in the pier building. Yes. So I'm in so I'm in the pier building looting and there's glass right on the corner where people always run in and go to the left and take cover. I learned the very simple sound there. When I hear that glass, crouch, point towards the door, they're coming, shoot them every time. You know what I mean? Stuff like that where you're up in the office hitting the safes and then you hear someone you hear you hear the cloud hoppers walk on the wood downstairs, stop and wait because they're going to come right to you, shoot them in the face. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like the the sound, and I realize that's a very simple spot, but for me, not being used to that, that was a huge breakthrough in my desire to even go into dorms or into resort was learning that sound. Yeah, it's those it's those little cues you're gonna hear that will really like you know in in resort it's barbed wire. Okay, I hear someone jumping and it's barbed wire. I know where you are on the second floor. There's a lot of holes that go onto other floors, so I can be like, okay, I can drop down this hole and I could be near him, or I can just wait and go up the back stairs uh, and try to like wait that way. It is a lot of waiting game. You know, and especially like the long hallway between each wing, right? You're like, sounds like buffaloes coming at me. I know where you're coming from. So I'm just going to quickly peek, boom, 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 and then go back. And the other thing is with these high value loot rooms, once you learn them, you kind of get an idea of where the keys are opening. You know what I mean? It's like, I know where you are. If that's a third floor key for West Wing, I'm guaranteeing you probably in 301 trying to find a Letic. So I know you're trapped. And I just got to wait for you to come out and then I'll just or you can wait on the other side of East Wing. And then I know people are going to come into the West Wing. And, you know, a lot of people right now, actually, I have a joke because I have two dog tag cases and one's just for hatchlings and pistol boys and one's for people that run real stuff. And I always say it's because, like, I don't mix the scum with the real players, but it's just a, it's it's just a joke because what I'm doing is I'm just I want to do a YouTube video about like the average, you know, what I find with the average once it gets full. What's the average pistol runner and hatchling, you know, and there's nothing wrong with pistol like. In my head, I don't get mad that you're taking the loot. You know, my argument with pistoling and hatchling is I'm not mad you're taking the loot. I can care less about really the loot. What I care about is content and content is PVP and getting into good fights. And what they're doing is they're just taking a spot of someone that might have brought me a good fight because today I died. But like I might have got third man. So I got into a good battle. Me and me and Crazen got into a good battle with someone and maybe another team and we killed them. And then someone else got me. But Crazen, you know, killed them. But like in the end, I'm still happy because I got into a good fight where if I go into resort looking for a fight and all I find is five pistolings or hatchlings, it's like, well, that was kind of a waste. Like, I, you know, like, OK, you guys gamut a bunch of stuff and there's nothing wrong with that. There's because you're learning the game. I get it. But like you said, I have a firm rule. If you're under 15 or under, I don't take their stuff unless it's like ridiculous. You know what I mean? Unless it's like you shouldn't have this. But, you know, what's interesting is that I don't really do the hatchling thing at all. Uh, and I have nothing against the people that do it like you do. But I don't I just think it's kind of boring. Like, like for like, let me give you a little perspective. Like if I want to go somewhere, I want to fight. Yeah. And what's really fascinating is the transition and Mike's going to laugh because I've gone from like hiding and stopping every five <laughs> seconds listening to running into resort, right? Or running running into dorms on customs. You know, why not? The worst that happens is I die and just you know, keep keep going. So it's it's interesting that I think there's a purpose for the hatchling piece if you're trying to make money. But if you have the economy piece down in Tarkov, if you can play the flea market, you don't really have to do that. I, am I not understanding something? Ledexes are not understanding how awesome Ledexes are to find. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like it's like what one point six, one point seven million each time. Mm-hmm. And you find two in one room, dude. Like, imagine that, right? You're like instant millionaire. You feel good. Yeah. So so those so they're literally running up there and hoping to get there first. And, and that's the problem is the spawns, right? But and I get it, I get it, right? But that can't be fun for. I mean, you're not going to play Tarkov like that forever. It's just not fun. I don't know. At least not to me. So that's how I feel about it. And I would look at it at the other, on the other side of it, and say that I think if the flea market, the economy, currency, and that part is challenging for somebody or they don't like it, I would see them being more likely to pistol run, which may seem opposite. But if someone's like, no, I want to get into labs, I want to do factory night raids, I want to go super kitted out, I think there's an argument to be made that that might be the person who's doing pistol runs or or going in and trying to find that high tier loot so that they can fund what they're trying to do on the other side. So I, I don't think it's as you know clear and cut just to say, oh yeah, there's just somebody who's trying to get their economy crazy. I, it, I think there's actually a number of reasons why you would do it. And I, I'm not going to sit here and not tell you my first video uh, on Tarkov was how to do a rat run. You know, I, I showed you, but in, okay, so I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to like explain a couple things. So I did have a rat run video, but what I used to do and I was new to the game and so I would stream it and I would just lose all my money because I was using stuff and I was going. So what I would do is if I was making content that night or if I was just hanging out with the misses, I'd put myself as a scav and I'd hide myself in factory and then I'd set a timer. So when there was like eight minutes left and I knew everyone was gone, I would just go up, I'd get up, I'd come back to my computer and I would just hoover up all the stuff that was there. But I always made it a rule. I don't attack other players. If, if there's players there, I just die because that's not fair. You know, I have made a video like that or I've made a video on like how to get the shoreline red key. Here's a get a pistol, get some armor, maybe get a, a quick bag and you can start looting it. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be doing this stuff if you want to do it because you're new and you just want to make a million or you just bought the Letx key and you're down a million. So you're like, I need to find one or two so that I make my money back plus some. So it's a good investment. But what I'm saying is Ron just said he got all his stuff back from budget runs. So why not use at least half decent stuff? So maybe you could kill me instead of just having a hatchet and me running at you and then you just ultimately dying. You know what I mean? Because the problem is I, I don't let hatching survive most of the time. Sometimes if we're having fun, I get it. But like I've had experiences where they've gotten a gun later on and they're coming to hunt me down and they have killed me. I, I think you're going to get your stuff back and you're not getting better at the game. You are becoming better at map knowledge for sure. I'm sure because you know your route from wherever you spawn, like wherever you spawn, you know how to get to resort now, right? Or wherever you're going to get to that spawn. And maybe you want to let, maybe you want uh, a docs case from the marked room or, or something like that. But I just want people to, to, you're not going to fall in love with the game doing that. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to have a good time doing just, you know, pistol runs or hatchling runs. And maybe I'm wrong to say that, but I don't think you're going to fall in love with the game. You're going to get bored of it eventually because you're not getting better at PVP where you're going to get more gear. No, I actually 100% agree with you because in a different way, I experienced the same thing. I got bored with not doing tasks. I mean, like I said, I was level five or six and I never PMC'd because why? I had all this money and I was like, okay, I I was almost tempted to just play something else. But I was like, wait a minute, there's a whole bunch more to this. So I think you can overdo 
any aspect of this. And like you said, you you got so much like everyone always tells me they don't get insurance returns back. But when I play like budget runs or I just use like semi good things. So like what I do is I usually go through big stints of using like one gun because I'm testing stuff. So right now it's AS Val with SP6 or SP5 ammo, 20 rounders before it was uh, the SKS trade for one GP coin, because I think that's a great trade. It's a uh, mechanic level two or peacekeeper level two. I forget which one, but one GP coin for a very nice SKS that you can just put a grip on, you put a sight on, and if you want, you could put a silencer on, and even PS ammo, that thing will do some damage, and it's GP coins only like, what, 30,000, if that right now? I, I always do these weird tests where I'm just using, you know, a, a weird gun just to test it out, see what it's like, and then I'll tell you guys about it, and I'll be honest. But I noticed, like, I'd get, like, the SKS back, maybe without the silencer on it, but I'd get the SKS back most of the time. Maybe they'd take the PKO6 and everything, but the gun itself, people don't want to spend, like have that much room in their inventory because they're looking for other stuff. So they're like, this thing's only worth like 40,000. And it takes up because everyone does that now, right? You're like, okay, the horse sells for 5,000. It takes up two slots. This is the worst thing to put in your inventory. It is. The horse is probably the worst thing to yep. put in your inventory. <laughs> yep. So you're looking at an SKS that's worth 30,000, takes up six slots. You're like, this is bad. Okay, I'm going to not take this, but I will take the silencer and the PKO6 and whatnot. But you'll get the gun back, right? I think the game really flourishes, like I have always said, when you do break through and you kill someone and you're like, what do they have? Like, it, I still get the rush when you take down like a... So, like anyone and you're like oh he had something good on him i know it let's go see oh that's a sick hk I just you know what i mean like it like i killed uh in resort today uh fast mt guy face shield uh full gen 4 like with the whole hk kit and caboodle with that sp5 and the as val i was on cloud nine and i and you know like i kill people but i was just like you know i was pumped man like i was really pumped like and and to get that feeling, I, I want people to feel that because that's what's going to hook people into the game. It's not going to be like, I found another Lennox. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, and, but who am I to say like, that's the big thing in the end. Who are we to judge these people? Who am I to say anything? But you have to understand on the other end, when a lot of content creators say damn hatchlings or whatever, it's not because you're taking, a, a, you know, everyone's loot. It's because of people just want PVP. That's the big thing. Yeah. And I think you, you kind of kind of said it there is like we we say this all the time like find your way to play this game you know and and we all have our own progression paths right i'm on a similar one that i would say you are just that as a, a shorter you know time spent in the game where like i'm i'm interested in pvp i'm interested in good battles whether i win or lose mm -hmm. Because, yeah, you know, going and looting the T7 off of that guy on Shoreline, I was, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. But I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with playing this game however you want. And the, the big reason is, is because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is X-filling successfully. And everything that happens in the map happens in the map. Everyone has the same goal of getting out. Now, obviously, throwing stuff in your secured container is a way to get around that a little bit. But at the end of the day, most people that are pistol running or hatchet running, they don't want to die. <laughs> they want to get the stuff and then hopefully get their backpack out, unload it and get out. So there's still that little bit of angst within them. But I, I agree with you. I know we have a lot of time and we can talk about the next subject I want to bring up. What's your thought process on if they lock the secure container? Explain locking it, though. You can't put anything in it. You can only bring stuff in it 
and then they tested that at the pre-wipe event which was stupid because er everything was cheap anyways you know it's it's just like the level 15 flea market thing right like you know i feel the same way as level 15 with i kind of do about the secure container my point of view is so skewed because i do play this for a living and i have i have all this time on my hands to play it I don't want the secure container to be a law. I, I honestly don't. I think we need to have a fine balance of video game kind of characteristics on the game. And like you were saying, Ron, is you only have an hour to play. I want people to feel like progression's coming. And if you lock that container and you don't put that gas analyzer in the secure container, it's really sad, right? Like, I, I don't want that. I want you to feel some sort of progression within an hour. Yeah, I think for me, I, I can look at this one both ways, being a relatively new player, but also being someone that can and has put a fair amount of hours into Tarkov in the last few months. And I think on one hand, it would be really cool to know that I could kill anyone at anywhere on the map, and I may be able to loot a Ledex. It's the ultimate loot pinata, right? Right, it is. And then the flip side of that is this game is high anxiety anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if I can't save those best things after you've been able to save them for a long time, I think if the game was developed in the beginning with the lock secure container, this would be a much easier change. But that is a radical shift. I could also see it from the standpoint of what we just talked about was all three of us at different times in, in the last year and two months since you started a year and two months ago, but we've all experienced the same sort of thing where we figure out a map, we figure out how to loot on the map, and we figure out how to PvP on the map. Ooh, this is kind of fun. This is kind of what I want to do on this map. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a common progression, tr progression trend. And I think the truth is if people are going to run in and do loot, I would almost rather them have the safety to do that and then get the heck out. Because right now, I think the game is pretty well balanced as it stands between looting and PvP and incentivizing people to do both. So the, the secure container to me is worrisome in that a massive change in that could lead to people playing way more passive because they're scared to lose the loot. Yeah. Or leading people to play way more aggressive, knowing that they can kill someone and get whatever loot they picked up. And I think there's a really fine balance that, fortunately for Battlestate, that this latest patch that brought so many people in, that the balance of the rat and the chad is really good right now. And people kind of go in between both, where there's situations where I'm like, oh man, my secure container's full, and I got a green gunpowder, and I got da 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 you know, you got all this stuff, and you're like, I don't want to die, so I can slow down a little bit and not feel bad about it. But the, the opposite end of the spectrum is true as well. The, the balance right now, I think, is really good. So I don't know that I'd want to see it one way or the other just because of the balance that I'm experiencing. Or it brings the dreaded extract campers. Sorry, I just wanted to right, do that. Right. No, that's, that's what, what I everyone mean. says. Yeah. Extract campers are going to be everywhere. You know what? The Half the map will be extract campers. They'll be camping the campers and then waiting to go. Like, yeah. Anyway, sorry, Rod. <laughs> So I'm fascinated by the business aspect of this decision, because remember, they said they want to keep this as hardcore as possible, right? They're not interested in making it easy, but you have to balance that with they need money. <laughs> so they need people to play the game. You know, I, I don't really have a strong opinion either way, because I'm not far enough in my Tarkov journey where it matters as much mm -hmm. to me. So I, I, I'll just preface my comment here. 
by saying that, but I think that this game is going to have an interesting uh, time with long-term player retention if they make it so punishing that a five-hour-a-week player can't progress in a reasonable state. Because I'm that guy, right? I'm a dad, I've got full-time job, and I love this game. So I probably invest more time than the average player is willing to put in, even in my situation. But still, I'm at that five to 10 hours a week tops. If I can't reasonably progress my character, I may love the game, but it's just not going to be worth my time to play. So that that's what I'm really curious. I don't know how much Battlestate cares about that or is aware of that, because in their podcasts that they've done, they just keep talking about keeping it hardcore, making it not easy, you know, making it realistic. And I get all that, right? That's the appeal. But I think that's the bigger question. If they make this change, do they kill off so many players that they don't have enough money to develop it? Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think what Battlestate did such a good job in doing was attracting the casual player who's interested in hardcore games, where that used to be you had to be quote unquote hardcore casual, which meant putting in a lot of hours, whether you're a content creator or not. And there were games that was really only for that, but they've done a great job attracting that person. And now the question is, you're right, how do they keep it? And, and it seems to me that if we if we take a step back and look at the things they've put in the game recently, and again, it's all the game to us because we weren't there when it wasn't there. But I look at things like the hideout, right? The hideout is an amazing progression tool because you may not have done a lot of stuff in game this week. And again, I know you played some, but not a ton. You were out of town. But then you had time, you sent me that message of like, I've spent so much money in my hideout. And yeah, you spent a lot of money, but I heard you say, that you are excited for your Bitcoin empire. So I'm guessing that you're getting close to crafting that or you're prepping to craft it. But so there's a real sense of progression there in that system. So to say that they're not aware of it, I wouldn't agree with because the hideout to me is the ultimate keeping it hardcore because it's hard to upgrade it. But it adds another progression thing in that I think is really neat. So it, it they may not ever admit to catering to that audience. But I look at their actions and I think that they're definitely aware of it because that hideout is really good for the super hardcore. But I think it's also good for a more casual player because it's something that you can log in for a few minutes and do and then get into the game. It's not taking a tremendous amount of time away from your your playtime. Yes, but they did pause progression on things that affect the hideout. And I'll give you a very specific example because right now I'm stuck on getting my metabolism to level three. And what they did, right, so you used to be able to cheese that, because I know, because I've done my reading to try to do that, because the MMO player in me was like, okay, we're going to win with this. You eat your jars of mayo and get your, uh, you can drink your water back up to 97 and keep going down and back. But you can only do that so much, right? Because they've changed the way that that whole system works. So, Geek, I got a question for you, like... Mm -hmm. Is there a way still around that? And because they changed that, <laughs> is there a way I can do this? Tell me now. Yeah, this sounds yeah. oddly specific. Uh. Yes, yes. But but I'm just saying seriously. But the but we're talking about like the hideout being the thing that keeps the casual gamer in there. But they just made it a lot harder to get past a critical point. I think, you know, on this whole point of everything, I think the game is still, quote unquote, a beta. So they do have to change some stuff sometimes. You know, they still have to 
they should still be able to like try it out, test something out and be like, okay, you know what? The problem is any video game. It's not Tarkov community. It goes for any video game community. If people don't like it, they just, they don't have a nice discussion and be like, Hey guys, you know what? This is kind of dumb. You know, we're, I'm not having a good time. This isn't what we like. It's mostly like pitchforks come out. Right. And they're like, this is the stupidest thing. Battlestate games. Nice. You took my 120 mother effort, you know, and it's a lot of that. So when they change something drastic as say a secure container, they can't just test it out because everyone, you guys might not have been around, but before the 12 wipe, they were saying how they might test it out pre-wipe events. And then what happened was everyone came in. Everyone came in and started saying, did you guys, did you guys hear they're changing secure containers? Did you hear they're changing it? And it was like, <laughs> well, yeah, but they're doing it for like the pre-wipe event. It's not going to be a first. No, they're going to change it forever. This is just them <laughs> testing it. And then, and then, of course, you streamers will say you like it. And then it's going in the game. It became this like, holy crap mentality. Like there's so many posts about it. It, was, it got out of hand. And it's like, they're just testing it, guys. Like like let's let's just relax like let them test it and what a lot of the criticism comes out to is they listen to streamers and they're the hardcore why would you listen to a streamer that gets to play this game for eight hours a day there has to be a balance with it but the thing was nikita had a podcast with some of the boys like pestily and stuff they said yeah metabolism is it's stupid that it has to be to this level or or like uh what was it um stress resistance to get one of your things in hideout it's so hard to get it up there without cheesing it. We have to bring it down right away. He did it right away on that podcast. So they're trying to do that. But then the other flip side of this coin is they're also teaching people, hey, if you want to, you can cheese it just by, you know, doing this. You know, we're the same people to show you how to cheese something. And eventually they want it. So like this game needs longevity, right? When Pesley was able to do a zero to 40 in under 48 hours, you know, they 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 needed to to start some sort of longevity to it. But I, I know that like when it puts up a brick wall to something you really want, it doesn't matter what happens. You're pissed. You're going to try to figure out a way around it. And you, I think, can still eat and drink in the hideout if you go in there. And that counts, too, just to let you know. So if you're if you have to hydrate in between raids, if you go into your hideout and do it there, I'm pretty sure it counts towards that. So just a quick, you know, a little tip. I'm not sure, though, if it does anymore or not. Well, yeah, because the idea is you can eat the can of mayo and it takes yeah. your hydration down to zero. <laughs> and then you drink. And then you. Yeah. But you drink the water to 97. Not that I've been reading about this all day long. And so the. <laughs> but. Uh, on your lunch break. <laughs> on my lunch break. Well, it, it, but you're right. There there has to be a fine line where they have to. But but that's them learning hideout, right? Like this is the first iteration of the hideout also, right? They already said that they wanted to do they're not doing it. I don't think they said that before they might do another wipe before Streets of Tarkov wipe just because they want to change the whole hideout. You know what I mean? Because this we're the we're the guinea pigs on the hideout right now. I guarantee you two wipes from now, this hideout is going to be totally different. They're going to be like everyone got to this fast, 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 fast. This thing, they they stopped here because they have that data. They see where everyone's at, where they stop, Uh, you know, getting so many CPUs or, or GPUs, sorry, or getting, you know, getting that like the big one was uh stress resistance. I, I cheesed it. I learned how to do it. I, I had to cheese it. I was like, I'm not going to. Because I have to get shot so many times and bandage and everything. And then it goes like, come on. No, no, no. I'll just bandage myself in this fire for a while. You know, so I get when there's a brick wall, you want to just Kool-Aid man through it so that you can get to the other side and start building cooler stuff. Well, 
And I, you know, I'm thinking back to something that uh, Nikita or one of the devs said on their last uh, Tarkov TV podcast. It was in relation to the new uh, stamina or fatigue system and the mastery skill of strength and endurance. And they said that the vision that they have for those skills is that it should be really rare that somebody can master multiple skills in a wipe. And like it should be really rare that someone has a bunch of skills mastered. And so I, I, I'm thinking about that in relation to this metabolism issue because there's two things. One, I think they could get it to a point where it teaches players something. And, and maybe it needs to be after the level that's required in a hideout scenario, then the curve steepens. But I just see it as a really big opportunity for them to say, okay, hey, most players at this level, when they get to this point in the hideout, aren't going to have metabolism three. Let's use this as an opportunity to teach the player how to level metabolism. Now, it maybe it should be cheesable to a point or, you know, you do something and, and it's a minor little amount of experience that you need to get there where most people won't have it yet. So I think that's, again, that balancing act. And, you know, I hear you say beta, but it, it, there's, there's an opportunity there to teach people is all I'm saying for a newer player. I don't think skills to the average player, they give two poops about it. You know what I mean? I, no, I, I agree. And, and that's why you shouldn't be putting it to um, a, a skill. Just put it to a level. Like, I guarantee you, Ron would rather see get to level 25 than get, okay, I have to do this mayo thing a whole bunch of times. Like, I don't want to do this. At least getting to level tw 25, it's enjoyable. And it's something you can control. Where... Stress resistance. I, I can't control you. Sh someone shoot me over and over and over and over. Like I know I will, but what happens if I, you know, it, how long will that take? Where at least when it comes to a level, I can control that. I can control trying to get to the next level, and it at least is a, a bar that I can see after every raid. Where you know stress resistance and everything and strength isn't. Yeah, for sure. You know, drink some mayo and, and have some water and have a party. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's exactly what I'm going to do because yeah. <laughs> there's no other way around it. But yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, they'll probably learn more lessons. Like you say, yeah. we're the yeah. we're the guinea pigs on this. The hideout system, though, I think is going to be critical to retaining players over the long term. Really they got to have so, a way. That's so interesting. That's so, so I've never I, heard I that. I absolutely do. I, yeah, yeah, I've never heard that perspective, really. That's so interesting. I think that, yeah, I think it's. Because they talked in a previous dev podcast, not this last one, maybe two mm -hmm. ago, where they talked about the idea where they want to have like an, a way where you can walk around and talk to traders and have like a, a common place where all the players will be. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was really weird where like you, if you can shoot them, but you'd get in trouble if you shot the other players. So everyone's like neutral at the it's it's like in, in WoW, it'd be the concept of like a sanctuary city. And Star Trek Online, they had this concept where you'd walk up to an NPC and talk to them. Uh, it's a very MMO-y kind of thing. EVE Online has this concept on the space stations. It's a very MMO-y kind of thing. I think what they've realized is that games that are just straight FPS, people go through seasons where they get bored with it, and they're trying to keep people sticky and playing the game consistently by offering a wide variety of things to do. And that's why I think the hideout is going to be so critical that they they get it right. Because the more I sit here and think about, this is obviously our first wipe that we've played, but it feels to me like an expansion. Like, you know, 
They change enough things mm-hmm. that the game is different enough where it's like having an expansion. So it, it'll be really interesting when I, I'd love to come talk to you guys after your first wipe and, and sit down and, and interview you guys about it. Because my first wipe, it wasn't as big as this one with the hideout, but it was like, oh, they changed this side quest. Oh, that's that's interesting. Oh, they changed this. Oh, did you see that? Oh, look at this. They changed this on the map. And, you know, I get to play it again more than the average person. But I think everyone would notice that little, those little tidbits here and there. You know, you used to be able to, I played when you could heal and still walk around. It didn't do an animation. It was like the little bar, right? It yeah, was just it was a little bar. bar. Yeah, it was a little bar. That was when I quit, though. I quit. I was like, this is, this game's dumb. And then, and then when I came back, I was like, oh, there's a healing animation. That's cool. Like right now, you can, um, if your leg's blacked out, you can you know, CMS it up. And while you're doing that, you can also pack your magazine. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's these little things that right now work, but I know they're going to take it out eventually because they just have to figure out how to take it out. They're a small dev team. I know they know their issues. It's just like this battle eye thing that's happening. I know we have to touch base on it because it is really important. You know, this new cheat that people are just taking stuff from bodies and labs. Again, with this game becoming so popular, that means more cheaters are coming. That means there's more profitability on eBay. We just have to wait. It's going to get banned in two days, guys. Like, let's like just realize that Nikita and the boys and everyone there, this is on the top of the priority list. Battle Eye, this is on the top of the priority list. It's not like they're going to let this happen. You know, it does suck. And I know it's funny and it's like everyone's worried. But in two, three days, it will be gone. You know, we have to trust. Right, yeah. All of this just has me thinking about the term that's like all throughout gaming, right? And it's the meta. And the meta right now, if we look back on this time, it's not going to be defined by these labs cheaters, right? That's just a drop. Mm -hmm. That's just this thing that happened. It sucks. Some people remember it. Some people want to never forget it. But um, it's not the meta. And and really, the the last thing I really kind of wanted to talk to you about is is this history and it's this meta and it's the... You know, I think Battlestate has this awesome vision for the game, you know, and, and so I guess I would ask you, someone who's been playing for longer than we have, like, what would you like call the meta right now? And and was there, you obviously quit during a meta, there was something about it that, that had you leave, but mm-hmm. was there, was there another meta that you really liked that they changed something out of? Was there anything that you really didn't like? That's super interesting. I think right now I don't like the meta of the Reap IR and the uh, fleer you've killed people with with reap irs and fleers you guys probably both have and it's not like if you have this item you automatically kill everyone you know what i mean like you can die with it but i think they're too commonplace it, it you know i found a flur today and i was like oh cool a flur like that's cool it's worth a hundred thousand but to me it was just worth a hundred thousand i didn't really care where i think it should be more rare and then i don't feel so weird about using it because i don't often use those things because i i do call them cheater scopes but in all honesty, they're just scopes. Like, there's nothing wrong with using them. They're in the game. It's not like right. I've, I've I've manipulated the game or anything. My favorite time in the game, I don't think, like, the meta hasn't changed crazily. It's still, like, M4, you know, 995. It's just everything's jacked up in price right now. Like, everything's just a little more expensive, or actually a lot more expensive. Uh, You know, the flea market's a little different. But... um. My favorite part in the game, to be honest, is just like the first three weeks of a wipe. You guys are going to have a blast because right now you guys are joining the game maybe when it was a little deeper in the wipe. And if people are joining the game now, hey, all the power to you. People always ask, hey, should I just wait till the wipe to start playing? No, you should start now so that you get the feeling of the game. 
you know the first dozen tasks or whatnot because once it wipes you'll be able to roll through stuff really fast but the first two weeks of pvp with people not having gen 4 and everything is so much fun it's just like it's just a gong show of fun like it it really is and i know people are like oh yeah but there's there's streamers that are going to like get to level 30 and 40 and with the flea market how it is now like i'll tell you right now i'm going to start sucking toes for 3m armor at wipe and the customs key because you you have to wait till you're level 15 now to get the flea market that's what the goal was five start buying the flea market stuff so like the customs key the 3m armor but now you have to do 15 that's the one positive about it is the the wipe it's going to make the level progression from zero to 40 even longer even if it is an extra 20 30 hours or 10 hours you know 20 hours but I, you know, I, just a little thing. I'll suck some toes for some, for some custom keys. Uh, you said that was part of your uh, fans only. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fans only. They get no, no. They don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't suck their toes. They get to see pictures of my toes, and I step on pumpkins. For them. This took a turn. Uh, this so, took a weird turn. Um, yeah, but yeah. but uh, no. There there has been a meta. To be honest, there there. I think the meta is still right now. It's the AS Val. It's not the HK or anything. I think the AS Val's overpowered. But then again. You look at trying to fight a two man or a three man with the AS Val, a 30 rounder. You have to be pretty precise for with the shots to even get the second guy then because it's only a 30 rounder. But the M4 is still king. One last thing I want to say is I do love that you can't wear Gen 4 armor with attack tech anymore. I think that was the greatest, one of the greatest changes. So before Wait, so you could have both, you could stack dual oh, armor yeah. things. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, wow. yeah, that was just like th that. Just changed in point twelve. Before you were running like TV one tens with gen full gen fours, or yeah, you were you were doing all that. So I, I do really like that change a lot. That was a great change. Hmm, that's super interesting because that'd be a lot of armor to get through. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Most of the time you're like, I don't think this armor works. You know what I mean? Like you, <laughs> half the time you load into raid and you throw it down and then you put it back on just because you thought it did something with registry, like. I don't know. Half the time I'm like, am I wearing armor even? Like, I just got really destroyed here. I've redded out everything, but my armor's still yeah. looking really fresh right now. I'll tell you that much. Well, one thing one thing I, I got to ask before we get through this is, Trigger and I have been noticing, like, helmets don't really matter. And I'm curious your opinion. They, uh, I think they matter very few times for sure. But, like, today, my boy I was playing with, my buddy, he thought I was an enemy. He shot me with a very nice gun and a ricocheted and it did only like four damage. Like every once in a while, you'll get a nice ricochet and you're like, yeah, or you'll get uh, a face shield on and you'll be like, yeah, it's only level three. But that sometimes saves you. Like I've been saved by face shield a handful of times. And what I tell people normally is don't think of like that stuff for the PVP. It sometimes is it will save you. But think of it more for when you do come against scavs, maybe at the end of the raid and you're just like limping out or something. Maybe that stuff will save you when they have that crappy ammo and you have to get out, you know, and you face that last scav that is your doom, say. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. What the context that we've been talking about at the last few weeks have been like the cost versus the benefit yes. for yes I, I i agree like if if you're gonna wear anything just use a 6b 23 helmet or whatever the green one you know that'll do work i use like the 50,000 achc i think it's called it's like black it's level four it'll help you know it'll do but uh you're right most of the time if you're getting headshot you're getting headshot you know but there are times right. where i do see that little swirl you know have you guys ever had that swirl 
Oh yeah. Yeah. See, so yep. you you at least know what it means. So it saves you a couple of times, right? Mm-hmm. The ricochet. Yeah, it's like from a budget perspective, the helmet is. You know, you're talking about a one to five percent chance of a ricochet. So at the end I, of the day, I right, would say no. a little more than that, depending on ammo. I, uh, one to six percent. That's what they say. Uh, <laughs> is it? No. Oh, I'm like, I, is that? So like, I'm going off. I was. That's the thing. I'm people, going off ammo charts. Yeah, that's like the they, thing. Is people go so intense into stuff? If you said one to six, I bet just someone tested it. You know what I mean? Like, there's so right. many great content creators that do that in depth work that I don't want to do. You don't want to do, but you do want to read a sheet about some ammo or something and be like, okay, what is it? Like, it goes intense, that ammo chart. It's like, I want to know pen and I want to know flesh damage. And then it's like, also velocity you should know about. And how about what it does? Like, it's like, whoa, this is like, you can really nerd out on this game. And I love that. Yeah. So like there's, as I'm looking at the ricochet chance, like it goes from 0.1 up to like, you know, so that's 10%, I guess. There's 0.05. So a lot of the good rounds have a really low ricochet chance, but there's some that have high. I guess the point, and there's some that has a 0.002% rick. That's a rip ammo. <laughs> oh, rip ammo, um, yeah. 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 So the the point being that at the end of the day, you it's a relatively small chance that you're going to ricochet bullets. But the truth is, is that they do ricochet bullets at some percent. So once your economy is stable enough, yeah, the helmet makes sense to put on. Because you're just increasing your odds of winning fights, and it's just a again, it's a value proposition. Like I said, all that stuff should be for scavs. You know what I mean? Like if you're gonna wear certain armor and and, and you know it's level three, most people are running me most of the time better than level three, but the scavs probably aren't. So you you should be wearing at least something, even though you think it's a waste. Because say you kill a scav and they have they have a blue key card on them or something. You know what I mean? Like. Scavs have some really good stuff. I think people underrate killing scavs and just doing, you know, like some sneaky scav raids, you know? Well, I, I think we could probably bring up any topic yeah. <laughs> and and keep going deep. And I think uh, I think it would be really fun to bring you back on now that we've kind of introduced you to the show. And oh, yeah, maybe there'll sure. be some event we can do that. But for what I want to do kind of right now is just I, I want to, again, say thank you, man. I mean, I, I clicked over to the audio and i was like oh my gosh we're at two hours <laughs> and it just it just it sort of flies by man this is just kind of like you're talking and we're and we're gaming so i i really appreciate you coming on and just just talking tarkov man we love it we obviously have a blast talking about it and for you to take time out of your schedule to do that and uh you know come and get in buttery with us we just butter boys to, uh, <laughs> butter boys <laughs> we, we wanted to say thanks man and and really, um, I'll give Ron all a chance to say something too. But yeah, say some nice stuff. Yeah, about say me. some nice yeah, things. Come on, I what are you doing over there? over there? You look tired. Stop that. <laughs> Let's say some nice stuff about geeks over here. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just excited because uh, to meet like one of my real life <laughs> almost heroes. And because of that, this whole experience has been amazing. You killed him. <laughs> and. Um, you know, when you meet a YouTube celebrity, it's kind of like, uh, what do you really do? Like, how can I top this? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. so, You're right. So though. how do you top this? Right. Like, how, yeah, a, yeah. A Canadian, I mean, a Canadian 40,000 subs. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I mean, I mean. I mean, you're, you're not pestily, but I mean, you're, you're good now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Bet you I'm taller than him. Bet you I'm taller than him. <laughs> yeah. 
He might have a better mustache, no, though. No, he does. I don't know. He that, does. That'd he's be probably, interesting. You know what? I don't know how tall he is, but I'm guessing he's, he might be taller than me, and I know for a fact he does have a better mustache. Yeah. Um, but anyways, man, I really, we really do appreciate like this connection has been great. And seriously, I, if you're willing to come back and, you know, geek out with us, we'd, we'd love to have you back. I would love to come back, boys. This is awesome. And in our, our big thing is to promote everybody that we have on the show. Like we're just looking to connect more people with more people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of, that's kind of our deal. Yeah. Um, friends making friends. And so, yeah, exactly. And so, Everybody who's listening to this or watching this on YouTube, make sure you go check out Geek and all of his stuff. We're going to have links to everything. Yeah, thank you. So you can guys. go check him out. I really appreciate it. What, when do you put this out quick? This is going to go out on Thursday or Friday, like a couple days from now. Okay, so this week. I, I do want to just plug one thing. Like, you know what? Every Everything else we can plug. You can find me Geek Say anywhere. But the one thing I do want to plug is this Sunday coming up, I am doing a charity stream and I will be shaving off my mustache if we hit a goal. I haven't had my mustache shaven off in close to two years, probably a year and a half, year and quite a long time, guys. Long enough that my girlfriend has never seen me without a mustache. So, um, you know, you don't have to be there and donate or anything. But what I would love is if you just came out, come say hello and just come hang out with the community. So that's this Sunday at uh, I don't know when we're starting it, but I'll say by like 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I'll be on for sure. Okay, and that's going to be on Twitch, right? That's Twitch.tv for sure. Yeah, Twitch.tv slash Geekzai. Fantastic. So everybody, if you're available for a little bit, go check that out for sure. I heard a rumor that uh, maybe I started in your chat today Mm -hmm. that if you double your donation goal that you will straight razor it. Uh, Yeah. And also I heard I was going to shave off my uh, eyebrows. That was the other one that uh, people I I may have been involved in that conversation too. Straight razor eyebrows. Yeah. So hold on. So when a Canadian shaves their eyebrows, do you have to get like a weed whacker or, you know, how does well, that work? First of all, these are an endangered species. So they do look like caterpillars. <laughs> They're a rare type okay. of Canadian caterpillar. So, you know, it's not gotcha. a weed whacker. Gotcha. It's actually you have to be very delicate with them. They're more like a bonsai tree, right? Like you just have to be very fine about it. You have to go lusciously. A bonsai tree with an M4. I got it. <laughs> yeah. got it. That's, that's very fine. But just <laughs> put M9 in it, baby. Are you going to sell the clippings? <laughs> so i was saying like i was like i was like i'll put the hairs in little jars like necklace jars if you donate a certain amount of money but then it got really weird so i was like nah, 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 but it would have been funny episode 11 <laughs> has turned out to be the weirdest expo we've ever had not only do we have a 60 minute countdown to get us out of here tonight we've gone to a very dark and disturbing place <laughs> you guys don't get this dark usually well, uh, your your clippings and your bathwater. No, I, I would say that that's not something I would regularly talk about. <laughs> Sounds like someone doesn't know how to party on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the show title is now getting buttery with geeks. So we're good to go. <laughs> so anyway, if you guys, if you've made it this long, thank you so much for hanging out. But I think that countdown is ringing. You know, it was a long one today, but we did make it to the X-Fill. So. That means we are seconds away from disappearing. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Remember, you can find everything we do on YouTube. You can find the audio-only version on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, basically everywhere except for Google Podcasts right now because it's just not working for us. We're working on it, but it's not going. So sorry if you're using Google Podcasts. We're working on it. We'll get it. YouTube page is XP Media Now on YouTube. 
And uh, that's that's pretty much everything, guys. Make sure, please go check out Geeksay if you've just now learned of him. He has awesome YouTube content. He streams on Twitch and uh, just doing a great job and helping people get better at the game, which is what we're passionate about. So hope you have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic weekend. Check out that charity stream and good luck and scav often. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Bathwater, not free. (laughs) 